Are you working? What kind of work do you do? You're listening to The Edge with Aaron Karolnik. Giving you the expert advantage in the world of gambling and fantasy. All right, we're feeling good on this Friday evening. Welcome into the Edge here on TSN 1050. We're streaming live on TSN 1050.ca. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast to get all episodes of the Edge, which go every Tuesday and Friday night. I'm Aaron Karolnik, Al's brother behind the glass, national television superstar. Al's brother, and I pretty sure al's brother when you were at centennial college sitting in those classrooms on the danforth you didn't imagine you'd be on national tv every single day but in some weird way that has happened and is probably the most 2020 situation that you've emerged as a national television superstar go ahead well i think superstar is a little strong i wouldn't say my picks are uh, regarded as star status as of late. Maybe yeah, if I turn okay. it around, we might be able to get a little bit closer to that, but I've been a super dud lately, let's be honest. <laughs> if you go on like an epic run of bets, like you reel off 10, 12 picks against the spread in a row, your profile will just explode. You'll be featured on every radio show across North America, Europe as well, I imagine. And let's hope that happens because this week, Al's brother, is a unique week. There are seven games this week where there are spreads by a touchdown or more. That is the most this season. I think that's what what is what that's telling me is the haves and the have-nots are really separating themselves finally as we approach week 13. Where has the time gone? 2020, a year where... Steamingly, time moves so slow, but at the same time so fast. Week 13, unbelievable in the NFL. Let's get to it. Show me the meaning. Is this a meaningful stat? A meaningful, I'm talking about meaningful, add that word, meaningful. Or a meaningless number. Facts are meaningless. You can use facts to prove anything that's even remotely true. What do you mean? Meaningless, meaningful stat, meaningless number. One of our best stings we have crafted by Christoph Momona. And when I mention the big spreads from this week, let's begin with the Seattle Seahawks who are hosting the New York Giants. Probably not the marquee game on the slate, but it's the game where I want to focus on one stat in particular. Daniel Jones, the quarterback for the Giants, doubtful with a hamstring injury. And if you saw him go down last week against the Bengals, we are not seeing Daniel Jones in a quarterback this week against the Seahawks. Who we will see, however, is Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy has not won an NFL game since 2014. And Al's brother, tell me if this is a meaningful or meaningless stat. He is 7-21 and against the spread in his career. The worst mark by any quarterback in NFL history. Is that meaningful or meaningless? Wow, that's incredible. That's that's meaningful because that just means that he sucks. And yes, he's it awful. does. That's basically he's awful. So you, you cannot attach yourself to Colt McCoy because he's that awful at the quarterback position. He was never really even a good quarterback when he was starting games for, for the Washington, at the time, Redskins, now football team, um, and even for the Cleveland Browns at times. And it just goes to show that both of those teams have had terrible a terrible decade, and that was when he was with the organization. So I'd say it's pretty meaningful and just means that he's trash and 
Don't yes. hit your horse to him. I think you're absolutely right, and we'll be focusing in on the Seattle-New York Giants game quite a bit when the pound-the-table picks of the week come around because that's a game I, frankly, adore. I love Seattle in this spot against the Giants, and if you watched any of that Giants-Bengals game last week, as I was talking about a little bit earlier, perhaps the worst football game I have ever seen, Brandon Allen at quarterback for the Bengals, I believe he's the starter again this week as they take on the Miami Dolphins, a team with some uncertainty at quarterback. We're unsure if two is going to start or if it'll be Ryan Fitzpatrick. The running back situation is very murky as well. But let's get to the marquee. And I heard you on Overdrive discussing the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Denver Broncos. And the Broncos last week, I was brother, were kind of the story of, of the NFL for the wrong reasons. We know all their quarterbacks were, three of them were ruled ineligible because of a exposure to coronavirus. And now they get the Chiefs. After getting just decimated by the Saints with Kendall Hinton as their quarterback, they do get Drew Locke back, but they go to KC as 13.5-point dogs. We know how great Patrick Mahomes is. He covers as well as he plays. So he's a gambler's darling. I know you're on the Chiefs. Probably explain why you're on that, the Chiefs like that, house brother. Yeah, I just, you look at this matchup over the last couple of years. The Broncos last season only managed to put up nine points against the Chiefs in both meetings. Like, that's an unbelievably terrible offense. Um, Drew Locke has not been as advertised as we expected him to come into this season. Uh, his last three games, he's thrown six interceptions. He threw two picks against KC last time. They forced four turnovers. I expect the turnovers to keep coming because that's what essentially Drew Locke has been doing and if you force turnovers uh, or if the Kansas City defense can force turnovers give them extra possessions they'll just pad the stats and run away with it so I think 13 points 13 and a half 14 points is is a pretty easy number for them to cover if they come out and play. Yeah, Denver allows so many yards per play, and we saw what the Saints were able to do to them with basically no real plan of attack. Taysom Hill was almost a decoy. It was all Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara on the ground. And well, if, sorry, if Taysom Hill's putting up 27 points with the Saints, what do you think Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to do well, against that defense? And that's it. I mean, sure, there's some recency bias with what we saw from Mahomes in the first half with 359 yards last week um, against the Bucks, but I think it's pretty safe to say Mahomes, who is 26-15 and 15 against the spread in his career as a starting quarterback for the Chiefs, will be locked and loaded. Another game we're going to talk about a lot, and the New York Jets, will they or won't they? The 0-16 question. No one knows to this point, but if the Jets are going to get a win, this is likely their best opportunity. They're hosting the Raiders. They are eight-point dogs at home. The Raiders coming off a just demolition, a 37-point loss to the Atlanta Falcons, who were playing it without Julio Jones last week, and somehow still scored 43 points. How do you look at this one? Because the way I look at it is I'm very enticed to take the Jets, but then I hear the stories about Adam Gay splitting the play call with another member of his staff, and I don't know how an offensive game plan can be executed with two guys calling plays. I just feel like there's such disarray in that organization. The Raiders have to bounce back against a team like the Jets because they need this game. The Jets need to lose to get Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I, I think you said it perfectly. The fact that you can see how much disarray is within that locker room based on their product on the field. Like, they've been absolutely atrocious. By far the worst team in football I think we've seen since, what, the Lions or the, the Browns back in 2017 when they went 0 yep. 16. So, I, I, 
this is definitely probably the only game that I could see the Jets maybe standing a chance, but I see the Raiders coming out. They're also still somewhat in a playoff run, right? Like they can still For make sure. a wild card pitch here and you got to win games, especially how tight it is in the AFC. So this is a gimme win. They got to go out and get it done. The question is that with the spread being eight, are they going to be able to put up enough points? Cause Derek Carr hasn't been great the last few weeks. He's been downright awful fantasy wise. He was a negative player last week for Pete's sake. So um, you just—they really do need to bounce back, and it's going to be—it's going to be a tough one when it comes to picking this game on the spread. It's something that I certainly would be staying away from. Yeah, I'm staying away from any pick you make, Al's brother. Definitely fading it, to say the least. We'll get into some of the injuries with the Raiders in in, out, or iffy in just a moment. Don Padula is going to join us for his regular Friday visit in about 20 minutes' time. Love having Dom on. We talk uh, Survivor, and he's got some great stats and information for you to make your wise selections when it comes to the gambling slate. Uh, The Big E, Eric Cohen, makes his return to the show in about five minutes' time. But first... Don't let an injury hurt your fantasy week. Know who to go with and who to sit. This is In, Out, or Iffy. Okay, so week 13 in the NFL means we are just one week away from the fantasy football playoffs. So for so many players out there, this is a crucial week for myself, for Al's brother, and for many of you out there listening. So In, is Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings. He was banged up a little bit. Mike Zimmer, the coach, remarked a little bit earlier this week that he liked to be smart with Dalvin's touches moving forward. So if you need a big game from Dalvin Cook, you're fortunate in one respect. He he is up against the Jacksonville Jaguars in a game that Minnesota should command and win by double digits. But his touches may be a little bit limited. So you might want to, to temper your expectations when it comes to Dalvin Cook. And also in this week is oh, and I just lost my sheet. So let's uh, let's go to where did we go? In this week is Chris Carson of the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, he came back last week from a foot injury, and he acquitted himself very, very, very well. A quality touchdown run, and Carlos Hyde of the Seahawks might be out, which could mean a big workload for Carson. So you are going to want to start him with confidence. Out this week, Josh Jacobs of the Raiders. He will not play against the Jets. Look for Devontae Booker to have a big performance with a lot of touches in a matchup which... The Raiders should be in full control for most of that game. Kenny, Kenny Galladay of the of the Detroit Lions won't play. He's been out for a couple of weeks now, so look for a lot of Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson for Matthew Stafford. Mention how Daniel Jones will be out this week with a hamstring. Don't start anybody associated with the Giants because you are not going to get any type of production. The iffies are important to note because Julio Jones did not play last week. He's questionable this week. If he's in the lineup, you're probably going to want to start him. His upside is massive, but can he get through a game unscathed at this point, which he's struggled to do this point, struggled to do throughout this season? I'm not so certain. And another iffy is Todd Gurley running back for the Falcons who was out last week. It was Ito Smith and Brian Hill who took all the carries. If Gurley's in the lineup against the Saints, you're probably going to want to give him a go. That was in, out, or iffy for your fantasy lineups in Week 13. The Big E, Eric Cohen, with his best bets for Week 13, next on The Edge. Repent, 
Back here on the edge, I'm Aaron Korolnik with you until the top of the clock. And whenever you hear the hip on this program, it means one thing and one thing only. We're blessed with an appearance from our man, the Big E, Eric Cohen. Good evening, Eric. What's going on, man? I love the fact that I'm associated with the hip. That's amazing. And i got to say, though, Aaron, I'm a little disappointed, though. I look forward every week to... My introduction from you, you build me up so huge, and uh, <laughs> today I got the hip, and then we stopped. But, hey, it is what it is. Uh, can't wait to talk some football because I love the card this week. Ooh, okay. All right, let's get to it because I've seen your picks. I have saw your great content on TSN Edge. Let's start with the Patriots at the Chargers, a line that a lot of people are confused by because uh-huh. Patriots have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Cam Newton has four touchdown passes this year, and they're going up against a Chargers offense, Chargers team that on paper is a lot more prolific, but I think perhaps it's the coaching disparity that is, might be scaring betters off. Belichick versus Anthony Lynn. How do you view this one, Biggie? Yeah, it's amazing you say that because I was, you know, I was talking to Dom yesterday, and we were just, you know, we had about an hour chat about the NFL. Our, our big, our big theme on that chat was the coaching in this game. And you know, my comment to him was, if you if you switch the coaches, if Bill Belichick was coaching the Chargers and Anthony Lynn was coaching the Patriots, you had the exact same rosters. In my opinion the Chargers would be a double-digit favorite in this game. That's how much more talent they have than the Patriots. I mean, think about it. Do the Patriots have a young stud in Justin Herbert? No, they've got an old, beat-up Cam Newton. Do the the Patriots have a receiver like Keenan Allen? No. Do they have a defensive player like Joey Bosa, who we saw create havoc against the Bills? No, they've got none of this. Like it's The high-end talent, the overall talent, it's all in favor of the Chargers. The problem is the coaching. I don't think he could coach a much worse game than Anthony Lynn did last week in Buffalo. And that was probably his last straw, uh, which is too bad, because I thought he was a really good coach a couple of years ago when he led the Chargers to that playoff win in Baltimore. Uh, I thought the Chargers were really up and coming. They had a lot of talent. And you know, Philip Rivers obviously was getting up there in age. Now they've replaced him with you know, probably the best young quarterback in the game right now. Um, but, you know, it, things have just gone sideways. You look at how the Chargers lose games. You look at last week, the clock management, the end of the first half, and then at the end of the game was just mind-boggling atrocious. And then like, after the game, he's asked about it, and there's just no accountability. He says we made mistakes, and he's asked about who made the mistakes, and he couldn't really answer the question. So, it's, that's what worries me, because Bill Belichick will have something planned. He'll scheme something for Justin Herbert, uh, and, and the Patriots will go in here with a plan. We don't know what the Chargers are going in here with, but we do know that they're a far more talented team, and they're at home, and they're a one-point underdog. So if you just take away Belichick versus Lynn, you've got to feel so good about this pick, but then you've got to worry, is Belichick just going to outcoach Lynn so badly that the Patriots will just find a way to win? The way they won last week, Aaron, did you see how they won last week? Like, I don't know if crazy. a football team could win a game like that ever again. They, they had no passing yards, they had no passing game, they weren't running the ball. Um, they, they literally did nothing on offense and somehow found a way to beat Kyler Murray because the, the, the Cardinals had two chances to punch it in at the end of the first half and they came up like an inch short. Uh, there was a fluky interception. And then even before the game-winning field goal, Isaiah Simmons takes a stupid penalty hitting Newton out of bounds, which gives him 15 yards and gives him a 50-yard field goal. Like everything went New England's way, but they just did nothing to show you that they were a good team. So 
the eyeball test tells you, other than the coaching staff, <laughs> that, that, that the Chargers should be a 10-star play this week. 10-star play. All right. I smell a new segment on TSN Edge, the 10-star plays of the week. Well, I wonder if the Indianapolis Colts are also a 10-star play for you because they were embarrassed last week, and now they go to Houston, a team that performed very well on Thanksgiving but lost Will Fuller, who was an absolute beast. They lost Bradley Roby from their secondary, and those two were suspended for PED use. What do you make of the Colts laying just three at Houston, Biggie? Well, I think you, you laid it out there exactly how I see it. Uh, the Colts were embarrassed last week, and the fact they didn't have Buckner on the field, he was in the COVID list, was huge because you got to give uh, Mike Rabel and the Titans credit. They, they, they realized they'd be able to run the ball, and they just ran it down their throats all game. Buckner wasn't there. Uh, big part of the Colts' defense. He's been a huge part of it all year. Uh, it was a huge trade they made, obviously, in the offseason with the 49ers. And... You know, the Colts, they were. They were embarrassed. Now they get Buckner back, and it's the Titans who have been playing, as you say. They beat the Lions on Thanksgiving. They beat the Patriots the week before. But, you know, those aren't really two quality wins. Now they, like, I mean, Will Fuller was everything to this team. After they lost DeAndre Hopkins, Fuller did everything. He's always been their deep threat, but he was really their only threat this year. I mean, Cobb's still on IR. They just released Stills. Uh, I don't know who Deshaun Watson is going to have uh, on offense. So basically the Colts' defense will go back to what it looked like before the Titans game, I would think. And uh, I think the Colts rule. And also, you know, the big thing here is that there's no more home field advantage, right? Like, uh, you know, the Colts dominated Tennessee in Tennessee, but they got dominated at Indianapolis. Because it just doesn't matter right now. There's no fans uh, there just appears to be no home field advantage whatsoever, which means I'd much rather take road teams, in this case, laying the small number than, than, than play you know, Indianapolis if they were hosting uh, Houston and the line would be like seven or eight, right? Like I don't want to give all those points. I'd rather take it on the road where we're just seeing like, you know, the home field that used to account for three points for the home team just doesn't exist anymore. I like, I like Indianapolis a lot here. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned no home field advantage. Let's look to the late game on Monday night. The Bills at the Niners. The Niners won't be playing at their home stadium, so it's almost a neutral site game. The Niners are favored by one over the Bills. I was very surprised to see this, and I see the line has maintained and stayed pretty much put at one, maybe even. But do you think the Bills are the better team? Do you think they should be favored over San Francisco? Absolutely, and as I, you know, that's why I called this like you know, lucky week thirteen for the Big E. I'm anticipating. I'm hoping that come Sunday night, oh, uh, I'm going to be, be thinking back to you know week thirteen in 2020 is one of the few lucky good things that happened this year. Because yeah, I, I, I don't understand some of these lines, and this would be another one. Why on earth is San Francisco favored here? Uh, because they beat the Rams last week? I don't know. I, I mean, they're still, last time I checked, Jimmy Garoppolo's still not back. George Kittle's still not back. Uh, Nick Bosa's still out for the year. Now they're getting guys back. They got Richard Sherman back last week. Um, they, they are getting some of their, you know, COVID receivers back. Uh, you know, they're, they're getting healthier at running back or the 49ers. But, you know, they're, they're not as good as the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the record, you are what your record says you are, as Bill Parcells once 
eloquently said, and I agree with him. Uh, you look at the records, Buffalo's got a much better record. I think Buffalo's in better form. I think Buffalo played that well against the Chargers on offense. They had three turnovers and uh, seven snaps, which wasn't very good. But, you know, other than that, Josh Allen, since I think he's recovered from his shoulder injury that he sustained in the Raiders game early in the year, has, has been really good the last four or five weeks. Um, I, I see no reason, and then Buffalo's defense too is getting healthier and they're playing better. I see no reason why, you know, 49ers are favored and I'll take advantage. I, I love the Bills as an uh, underdog in a neutral site. Now, of course, the last time they were in Arizona, we all remember what happened with DeAndre Hopkins. The Bills have an issue with Hail Marys. They gave that one up to Hopkins that week, and then last week they gave up two in a row. They gave up one, and it got negated because of an offensive pass interference, and then they gave up one the very next play, which, you know, once that happened, you thought, okay, the Chargers are going to cover, and this game is going to get to 51 points, but Anthony Lynn's clock management and play calling were abysmal, and, of course, we already got into that. But I, I like the Bills in this game. Uh, they shouldn't be an underdog. Biggie, we've got just about a minute left, but there are four double-digit favorites on the slate in Week thir- 13. Miami, 10.5 points over the Bengals. The Vikings, 10 points over the Jags. The Seahawks, 11-point favorites over the Giants. And the Chiefs, 13.5-point favorites over the Broncos. If you were to bet on one of those four double-digit favorites, who would it be and why? That's a real tough question. Uh, I think all four of them win, obviously. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Seattle because, and I, it's actually, you know, you tweeted it out earlier today, uh, Colt McCoy's record against the spread, worst of any quarterback who's played 25 games, and McCoy's yep. going to start. Daniel Jones, of course, has the hamstring injury. Uh, if you watch Seattle and Philadelphia, you know that if Seattle probably should have won that game by, like, three touchdowns, right? They had the two fourth-down conversions they didn't get in the first quarter. And then they give up that, you know, horrific backdoor cover at the end on the two-point conversion. But from a talent perspective, with Colt McCoy under center, uh, I just think Seattle uh, should put up a lot of points, and I, I just can't see the Giants scoring. So I feel most comfortable with Seattle out of those four. But I wouldn't be surprised if all four cover. I mean, I think all four win. And last week was the, was the backdoor cover week. I don't think you're going to get that two weeks in a row. No, Biggie, I talked to Davis Sanchez earlier today, and he has a special three-team money line parlay involving three of those four teams that he said he's putting, like, an absurd amount of money on. And, you know, I think for Davis Sanchez, putting an absurd amount of money is a little bit different than you or I. But well, I can, you know, I'll, play, I'll play spoiler a little bit. I can tell you in uh, the okay. advantage this week, Davis likes two of those double-digit uh, favorite. So, yeah, he's, he's high on them, and he said the same thing I said, that, you know, last week he had all those backdoor covers. It's not going to happen two weeks in a row. He's not afraid to lay it with uh, Seattle and Minnesota this week. Big E, always a pleasure to have you on the show, my friend. Keep up the great work, and I think you're feeling pretty confident. You've convinced me I will be tailing you this week, and I'm sure we'll chat next week about the results and hopefully reap the winners together. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Aaron. All right, buddy. That's uh, the Big E, Eric Cohen from TSN Edge. Hey, TSN Edge, filled program tonight. Don Padua, the executive producer of TSN Edge, joins us for his weekly appearance next. We'll got to talk about uh, the Week 13 in Survivor and the Saints and the Falcons, a rematch of a game that was played two weeks ago in much different circumstances this week. I'm Aaron Korolnik. You're listening to The Edge on TSN 1050. Watermelon sugar high. 
back here on the edge on this Friday evening. I'm Aaron Korolnik, Al's brother behind the glass, and Al's brother's super fan. As he joins us every <laughs> Friday night is Don Padua, the executive producer of TSN Edge. I heard you and Al's brother chatting, Don, prior to you coming on, that Al's brother's feeling half-decent about his picks. I think there's nothing more reassuring than someone feeling half-decent about their picks. <laughs> well, I asked him I asked him about Survivor because <laughs> we talk about that every week, and he let me know that he's been out since week eight. So <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's get started here. All right, so yeah, all right. You mentioned Survivor. Let's get right into it because we're at the point of the season where you start need to really start embracing some strategies, looking ahead to future weeks, teams that you might want to be saving. For me, I'm not touching Seattle this week, even though I think they're going to steamroll the Giants because Seattle has the Jets next week. So you're going to want to save them. I don't know if you're in the same situation as I am, but how are you proceeding with Week 13, Dom? Yeah, I'm in the same spot as you are. I still have Seattle, uh, and I have Miami. Uh, and I have the Vikings, and so I'm just, you know, I'm a little bit in the middle in terms of how I um, approach each week in Survivor Pools, like, especially early on in the season when we don't have a lot of information and we don't know, you know, what to expect from teams in the early going, especially this year, no preseason, no training camp. I went heavy on favorites, Chiefs I had used in the first couple of weeks, the Steelers I had used in the first couple of weeks, uh, and now as we get later in the year, uh, I was a little bit worried at the beginning, thinking, oh, am I burning these teams too early and am I going to regret it at the end of the season? Um, but the thing about this year that's different than last year, and it's, uh, I'm not trying to make light of the situation, but with everything going on with COVID, um, all of a sudden you have these uh, situations pop up in something like the survivor pool where uh, the Denver Broncos last week, what happened with them, uh, obviously they lose four quarterbacks and you know they're all good, they're all healthy. It's just that with the uh, NFL being extra cautious, they were all sidelined for that game, and that makes for an easy pick with the Saints. So I don't feel as much pressure saving teams as I would in previous years um, because I think that there's going to be some spots late in the season where you could take advantage of situations where, you know, teams are dealing with injuries or whether it's COVID related. And so you could kind of uh, pick your spots the way we were able to fortunately last week with the Saints. Now, going to this week, um, the Seahawks stand out obviously as a team that makes a lot of sense, especially with Colt McCoy going for the Giants. Uh, the fact that Seattle uh, is in a must-win spot, you could kind of pick your poison whether you want to use them this week, depending on if you think that the team that you have available next week are better, you have some better options. If you have some decent options this week, which it seems like there's a lot with all of these double-digit favorites, uh, favorites, you might be able to uh, hold off another week before you use the Seahawks. And if you do take that route and you don't want to use the Seahawks this week because you're using them uh, next week, uh, Miami is one team that really stands out to me. And again, it's it's one of those situations where Cincinnati loses its star quarterback, Joe Burrow, and he was a big reason why they were even competitive in most games this season. Uh, they got a little fortunate last week because when they played the Giants, the Giants quarterback went down, so they were able to cover in that game and, and keep it close at the end with that back door. Uh, but again, Miami's quarterback is healthy, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, they have a great defense. They're competing for a playoff spot since he has to go on the road to face Miami. Uh, if, you, if you feel comfortable uh, using Miami, they're available for the, for you this week. I think it's a great idea as well. 
You mentioned the Saints, Tom, and you had the Saints over the Broncos last week. You were loving it. That game was over real quickly. The Saints are in Atlanta this week. They are favored by three points. And tell me the stat that our listeners need to know about the Saints without Drew Brees in the last two years that make that might make you feel pretty comfortable about betting them this week. Yeah, so 7-0 and straight up and against the spread uh, without Drew Brees over the last two seasons. 5-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater last year, now 2-0 and with Taysom Hill. And that's just a testament to the job that Sean Payton's done as a head coach and then the talent that they've put together on both sides of the football. Um, these teams played a couple of weeks ago, Saints and Falcons, and that defense for New Orleans was all over Matt Ryan. They sacked him eight times, they picked him off twice, they completely shut him down. And I know the Falcons, you know, they've been inconsistent this year, but their offense has been pretty good for the most part. And I know in the two games going into that game against the Saints, their offense had averaged around 30 points. Um, so then they go into New Orleans, and there's some question marks with the spread, you know, Taysom Hill and Drew Brees. What can we expect? And New Orleans just goes ahead and rolls them with a 15-point win. So I think, you know, going back to what they did last season with Teddy Bridgewater, uh, going 5-0 and without Drew Brees, and then Taysom Hill this year. Look, Sean Payton, he put his money on, on Taysom Hill with that extension. He knew what was coming when uh, Taysom Hill stepped into the starting lineup. He was going to be judged on that decision. He's done an excellent job with Hill playing to his strengths. I mean, he's insulated with some outstanding playmakers. they got an excellent defense. They've been able to play with a lead each of the last two weeks. Now, it won't be as easy as it was last week when they played Denver, but I think New Orleans, for the most part, has had the Falcons number, and they've covered four straight hitting into this one. That line isn't as big as it would be if Drew Brees was playing, and I think we could take advantage of that because they put Taysom Hill in position to not only win but cover. Don Padua, the executive producer of TSN Edge, is our guest tonight. And there's a matchup of two teams on Sunday, Don, at 4.05. Two teams that, when they're playing well, are as good as any team in the National Football League. Maybe save Kansas City. And when they're playing poorly, they stink. And at this point, neither of these two teams are playing particularly well. I'm talking about the L.A. Rams, who are at Arizona this week, as three-point favorites. And I can't figure out either of these teams. I have no idea what I'm going to get from the Cardinals, who looked so good at points early on. And same goes for the Rams. How are you capping this game, Dom? Yeah, I think that line is right where it should be. And I, I think especially when it comes to the Cardinals, what you'll, what you'll see is the last couple of weeks since Kyler Murray had that shoulder injury, it's been a completely different team. And so, so you have Kyler Murray playing out of his mind, uh, pretty close to an MVP level through the first few weeks, and all of a sudden he suffers that shoulder injury. You look at the impact it's had on the offense since, and it's it's important to keep that in mind when evaluating what a number should be for a Cardinals game. Now, look, last week against the Patriots, I thought for the most part that game was there for the taking, and they just didn't have that next year that we're used to seeing from Kyler Murray that would put them over the top to get that win. They went against a pretty good head coach in Bill Belichick, and he knows how to scheme against these guys. He did a good job. But, again, it's that shoulder injury. And I think the other part of the uh, equation with the Cardinals is they were so good early on that I think a lot of people thought, okay, they're rolling. Kyler Murray looks great. This is a team that's going to be right there competing for the best record in the NFC West. And as soon as Kyler Murray, again, an incredible talent, gets a little bit banged up, changes the equation a little bit because they don't have that defense that can perform at an elite level and really shut things down on the other side of the football. And then when you look at the L.A. Rams, look, I have to point this out. 
Sean McVay is an outstanding head coach, but Kyle Shanahan has had his number for years now, and that's twice this season where the Rams were coming off back-to-back wins and they lost to Kyle Shanahan's 49ers. And both times, the 49ers weren't completely healthy. But Kyle Shanahan, he has Sean McVay's number. He schemed up an excellent game plan last week. He was all over Jared Goff. The defense was all over Jared Goff last week. And so when you look at the Rams' big picture, I think it stands out the fact that they're 0-2 against the 49ers and 7-2 against all of their teams. Um, and, and Coming off a loss this year, they've won every single time that they've uh, they've won in every week following a loss. They get Arizona with Kyler Murray a little bit banged up. It's an important game for the Rams. I think their defense has been a little bit underrated. I can't believe the impact that Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald have had and the playmakers that have stepped up around them. Um, I think Jared Goff has done a good job, again, bouncing back after losses. Uh, and so, I mean, we'll see what Kyler Murray's arm looks like. Personally, I'm staying away from that game because, again, that's the X factor. I don't know how Kyler Murray is. I don't think he's looked very good the last couple of weeks. But, hey, that uh, eventually that shoulder is going to heal, and he's going to hopefully for the Cardinals get back to the level that he was playing with at the beginning of the of the season. So I'm staying away from that game. But when I look at the line, three points seems just about where I think it would be for uh, for a divisional matchup like that. Dom, thank you as always for doing this for us. I know you have a critical Week 13 fantasy showdown in the TSN Edge Fantasy League. Honestly, I hope you lose because your team is totally stacked and I don't want to see you in the playoffs. But uh, nonetheless, best of luck, and we look forward to having you back next Friday. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you guys next week, and hey, good luck this week. All right, that is Don Padua, the executive producer of TSN Edge. The Grappler standing by, Al's brother here as well. Grappler, the one of the stars of Overdrive today, making, I don't know if this was his debut on the mic, for whatever reason, he dialed it up and came on the program, as he does every Friday night here on The Edge. Grappler, Al's brother, coming up next with the Pound the Table picks of the week. Hammering home conviction. Stop the hammering. It's the Pound the Table Picks of the Week. Where's the hammer? On the Edge with Aaron Karolnik. Okay, well last week, the grappler, Al's brother, myself, pounded the table for six picks and we lost five. And not surprisingly, when you're associated with Al's brother, you come up with some losers. We have a tweet from Sean Bowen, actually Toronto Argonauts digital host. Buddy, can you let the folks in on the locks this weekend? I don't think Al's brother could pick the day after Tuesday. <laughs> so on that note, we welcome in the Grappler, uh, who joins us every Friday for the Pound the Table Picks of the Week. What's up, What's up Graps? Uh, not too much. Another Friday. Uh, just here, you know, a little, a little bit down that we could have been getting after it at the Croc Rock tonight yes. with the PSN Holiday Party. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, unfortunate that we weren't able to do it this year, but... Uh, Hopefully we're, uh, I mean, we can't be back there next year because the Croc Rock is no more, but True. hopefully we're getting after it the first Friday of December 2021. That's crazy. That that was one year ago. The TSN holiday party goes at Croc Rock every year. Let's just say I have made an ass of myself on many, many <laughs> occasions. I think we all have to be fair. And our, yeah. hey, shout out to our boy Sean Lavery who made more of an Absolutely. ass of himself than anyone that night. Yeah, I think I had departed by then for obvious reasons. <laughs> uh, Graps, why don't you lead us off? Off with the pound the table picks of the week you are the clubhouse leader if you want to call it that you have the best record of us three but that's really not much to write home about who are you pounding the table on in week 13 
Yeah, it's, it's really not much of an honor to be a leader of this threesome. So I am softly pounding the table on two games this week. First of which, I got the Saints at three points over the Falcons. Uh, I'm kind of surprised this is only a three-point spread. Uh, I mean, I know these divisional matchups can be tricky, but when you see what the Saints have done all season versus what the Falcons have done all season, thought it would be a little bit higher. Uh, I know Taysom Hill's obviously still under center with Drew Brees out, but the Saints should win this one pretty easily. It's, and just on defense alone, uh, I mean, they're fifth against the pass, second in rushing, first overall. Just not a team that's been giving up points. you got Cameron Jordan, who holds the NFL record for sacks against a specific QB. He's got 21 of them against Matt Ryan. Got to think he's going to add to that number. And on the Falcons side of things, both Julio and Todd Gurley listed as questionable for the Dirty Birds. Julio's been banged up all season. Even when he's been on the field, looks far less than 100%. So I don't know how much you're going to get from then. Uh, I think Alvin Kamara gets back on track. Uh, still kind of adjusting to this new Taysom Hill-led offense. Michael Thomas looked great last week. He continues to return to form after missing most of last year, uh, or excuse me, most of the season. Uh, the Saints have kind of surprised some by winning eight straight following that one and two start, uh, but I expect that trend to continue versus Atlanta. So that's game number one. Game number two, uh, and this is a very soft, very soft pound the table. Reassuring. Uh, but I, <laughs> very reassuring. Uh, but I have taken the Chargers over the Patriots. I guess that's just a pick em game. Um, you look at the Patriots, I mean, you see what they did last week. They were just able to squeak by the Cardinals last week. I don't know how you win a game when you have your quarterback have a 23.6 passer rating. A.K. I really think you could have put up better numbers than Cam did well, last week. Let's not he, I, I mean, here. <laughs> uh, and then the other angle of this, he is the Owl's brother of quarterbacks, just keeps Ooh, letting people down. I, I know. I, I, could, I could have gone either way. I decided to go with both. But uh, no, a key for the Patriots this year has really been producing interceptions, and that's something Justin Herbert just doesn't do. Uh, you got Austin Eckler coming back last week. He made an immediate impact. Expect him to have a big week. Joey Bosa anchoring that Chargers D, uh, even if it's a close one. Got to think the Chargers are coming out on top. All right. There you go. You heard from the grappler. He's on the Chargers and the New Orleans Saints minus three. Al's brother with your 7-12-1 record. Why don't you go ahead? Let's not talk about records uh, <laughs> anymore. Even when we put the graphic up, we should stop putting the records yeah, there. Yeah, I know. It's I thought about it. slightly embarrassing, but yeah. we're going to change all that this week because just like the Grappler, I'm also on the Chargers in the Pick'em over New Orleans. Honestly, if anybody else was coaching this game besides Anthony Lynn, I, I think that the Chargers would be massive favorites. So, uh, you know, they've, they've just got the better quarterback. There were better receivers. Austin Eckler returned. He's looked stellar last week. And Nick Bosa is a dominating force defensively, and he'll put pressure on Cam and hopefully force him to get rid of the ball early and cause some turnovers. I like the Chargers roster a lot more, especially offensively. So in a pick'em situation, I'll take the home team in the Chargers. I'm also patting the table for the Bills on Monday night football over San Francisco. The line on this one's moving quite a bit. The Bills started at two and a half point favorites and now sitting at one point dogs. And I like the sound of that. San Fran's been a little Jekyll and Hyde, and this is a team that's gotten beaten. They've beaten the Rams twice, but they've lost to Miami, they've lost to Philly, and they lost to a Taysom Hill-led Saints team just a couple of weeks ago, and I think that the injuries on the defensive side of the football are a big reason for those struggles, uh, but if Taysom Hill can put up 27 points on that defense, I think Josh Allen should be able to top that, and I just don't see Nick Mullins-led offense keeping up with the Bills, so not only am I predicting an outright win for the Bills, but certainly a lock to cover the one as one-point ducks. Okay, so Al's brother also on the Chargers. The Big E, Eric Cohen, who joined us earlier, loves the Chargers. Everyone over the Chargers. That has to be a little bit concerning because, well, it's really it's mostly because you're on the Chargers, Al's brother, but the Bills, uh, all your other pick. So I don't think I've ever done this before, but I'm taking two double-digit favorites this week, and 
Minnesota is minus 10. They're hosting the Jags. Mike Glennon's the quarterback for the Jags. Their secondary is still depleted. Even Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry teamed up and just laid the smackdown on the Jags secondary. I expect Cousins, Thielen, and Jefferson to go off this week. I think the Vikings cruise, win by double digits. And my other game, and we talked about this stat Colt McCoy, I don't know if you heard Grappler, Colt McCoy is 7-21 and against the spread in his career. 7-21. And, and that's a number that is almost unfathomable because really when you're talking about against the spread, it's a coin flip, right? Colt McCoy consistently underachieves. He has not won a football game since 2014. And now he's tasked with going into Seattle, a team that needs a W and they are going to get it. I think Chris Carson is back and healthy at running back. He's a key cog to that offense. And when you go with Russell Wilson, Carson, Metcalf, and Lockett, they will be rolling. And I think they are going to put up some big totals against the Giants team that is going to have some long fields with Colt McCoy. And, I mean, really, like, you're, when you're betting against Colt McCoy and you're betting, betting against Mike Glennon, it's hard to go wrong. So I'm on Minnesota minus 10 and Seattle minus 10. Al's brother is on the Chargers as a pick and the Bills minus 1. Grappler is on the Chargers as well and the Saints minus 3. Gentlemen, a pleasure as always. I wish we were drinking many pints together at Croc Rock at the TSN Holiday Party. Instead, we spend our time together making picks that will likely lose and cost our listeners money. So... I mean, I guess there's one way to look at uh, the positives and um, the other the negatives. But, Graps, have yourself a great weekend. Thank you for doing this. Al's brother, fantastic work as always behind the glass. I appreciate your efforts. I'm Aaron Karolnik. You've been listening to The Edge right here on TSN 1050.